As the world changes post-COVID, the task of evangelism can very well become harder and harder, with opportunities potentially increasingly restricted. Yet if anything is true in this era, the need for evangelism is greater, as so many people have been confronted by their own mortality, confusion, and a world that seems to be on the threshold of massive uncertainties. People are asking questions. Far too long, evangelism and missions have been seen as the exclusive responsibility of trained pastors and ministry leaders. But scripture is clear that the Great Commission is not just given to those few, but rather to every single believer and the apostle from Tarsus, Saul, tells us that we can all prophesy. Meanwhile, the term prophetic evangelism has slipped into Christian jargon in recent years. But what does it really mean? Walking up to a complete stranger and telling them that Jesus loves you has a wonderful plan for your life? Or is there something markedly beyond? In this episode of Keep It 100, we will uncover truths about this emerging topic of prophetic evangelism and have a powerful table talk with prophetic evangelist Richie Seltzer. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everybody, it is another episode of Keep It 100 and we are stoked to be with you yet again for another episode because it's going to be a good one, y'all. It is going to be amazing and you guys know what's up. It's the most wonderful time, time of, of the year. year. I'm not even going to try to sing da, 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 da. But uh, we are super excited to bring you this episode. Yes. It's going to be, you know why I'm so excited about this episode is because we are focusing on Sean's book, Prophetic Evangelism. But before we jump into that, because I tell you what, the content of this episode is so powerful. You guys get ready because it is power packed. Look out. But before we jump in, I want to talk about our last trip, for, at least for me, 2021. Sean has one more like post Christmas. Christmas that he's a part of Chi Alpha. It's awesome. And he loves college kids. I am actually in officially sabbatical. We take the month of December off. And although we did um, one kind of the first week of December, we are part of Global Awakening. One of our favorite people, Charity Cook. She's awesome. She's on the staff on the team for Global Awakening. And she hosted this really amazing conference called Arise. And it was about leadership equality. It was a focus on women being raised up for this time, for this end time revival that we know God is doing at this time, but it was open to men and women. So it was very much a very progressive, very forerunner concept that I haven't seen. It was a conference for men and women, but focusing on women. And it was so powerful. You and I both said that when we got there and we walked in on that Thursday night session, we felt like, man, this is significant. We did. We we flew out to Pennsylvania. It was cold, y'all. There's a whole nother story. <laughs> and of course, Global Awakening, for those of you who don't know, it's with Randy Clark's ministry. And it was awesome because uh, I think I spoke that first night. And then Krista had a session the very next day. And it was some hungry women and men yes. that flooded the altars, really impacted. And I always love when Krista and I obviously can speak together, but particularly we're not able to speak to women together because mm -hmm. we so believe that this is such a season that God is calling the, the daughters to arise. And so obviously that's the name of the, the conference. And we were able to connect with some phenomenal leaders, phenomenal women speakers. Our lives were impacted. I felt like as much as we gave out. We received back. Krista had some profound prophetic words for people, but received some too. And the altars were just packed. Krista brought a phenomenal word. Oh, I, I told her it was one of the most profound messages. Uh, you guys, you guys will be able to hear it in time, but it's just a really profound now word 
code and the whole concept of just really seeing that we bring everybody to the table. It's such a move of compassion, which is thus one of the reasons why, in addition to my book release that we're talking about prophetic evangelism. I tell you what, I know that Sean has made an announcement that his book is coming out December 21st, and we are so excited about it. But you guys, I really want you to grab a hold of the significance of this book because we really believe God is raising up people that are really getting a heart for souls again. You know, we live in a world where there are so many people that are broken around us, and yet so many times we're intimidated to share the gospel, share the story of Jesus through our lives, what God's done for us, but it's exactly our story that's going to impact other people's stories. And the more we get comfortable, the more we get the tools and equip of sharing the gospel, sharing our testimony, leading people to Jesus, we're going to see the world changed around us. So if you haven't already, can I just encourage you, jump on my husband at Rev Sean Smith on his Instagram account. He has some incredible practical, just little nugget teachings where he gives you practical insight tools on how to share the gospel, but also the significance of getting a heart for souls. Because once you get gripped for God and you get gripped for lost souls, everything about you begins to change. And this is not just the evangelist job, friends. This is everyone's responsibility. And it's actually not this like heavyweight responsibility. It's a joy that we get to share the gospel. And so because of Sean uh, releasing this book, I'm going to give him the next two episodes of our podcast because I want him to really share what's on his heart. But you guys, this is what's really fun about it. He has two special guests that are going to be joining him on those next two episodes and a mystery host that you are not going to want to miss. So we have some really fun surprises for all of the Keep It 100 tribe where you're going to enjoy it, but also you're going to be really challenged. You're going to be inspired. I guarantee you're going to cry on these next two episodes because it's so powerful. I know what my husband carries and I know the people that he's bringing on carry. And I tell you what, you're going to get rocked. And if you don't have a passion for souls, tune in because it's about to be imparted into you. All right, Bo, I'll take it from here. You know, in this episode, we're going to have an amazing interview with a great friend of mine who is a true prophetic evangelist. You want to stay tuned to hear that. Before we jump into that, I just want to give a couple intro on this topic of prophetic evangelism. As we've already stated, I'm going to be coming out with a book uh, later this month. I believe it's the 21st of December that we're going to release this book and there'll be some things. I'm going to have an online course, so many things just to help people. And people ask, Sean, why have you been doing this? I've been doing a series of equippings on my Instagram account, on our ministry Facebook account. And the real reason why I'm doing this is I really believe that there is a window we have, that there is a harvest in the earth, that people are right, people are ready, people are desperate. And it's time for the body of Christ to really step up to the plate and fulfill Jesus's command to us, the Great Commission. So with that, I want to jump into this whole aspect of prophetic evangelism. First of all, I think here's where we have to start. You and I have to admit that there is an epidemic of desire for direction today. This is seen in terms of the popularity of like shows uh, that have been on Hollywood Psychic, Long Island Medium, other things. There's been people that you hear about that there's been an upsurge in the area of interest in the supernatural phenomenon in our world as people are looking for answers to the problem of life. They've turned to astrologers, psychics, seances, and new age practitioners. And I kind of feel like in the midst of it, I believe it, the master plan of the enemy is to make the church natural when the world is crying out for the supernatural. And whenever we fall into this trap, we cease to be a threat to the enemy. And because the bottom line is we no longer have the weapons to fight against them. And then after that, we become irrelevant. And if man, what was once light becomes 
crowded, then the darkness gets more dark. And that's what's happened. So here's what it really boils down to, gang. The world has changed and evangelism hasn't caught up. Now, I applaud and appreciate anyone that is stepping up and witnessing to their friends, telling people, handing out tracts. Uh, even the people that will stand up in certain places and they'll have these placards may not be my style. You may not agree with it, but if deep down inside there's a heart to reach people for Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit can use it. It's not my style and it's definitely not the style that I'm trying to equip and encourage you to take. Now, let's begin here. How would you define prophetic evangelism? My definition that I write up in the book is prophetic evangelism is a spiritual audio visual download of heavenly intel that comes right from the heart of the father and gets specific insight releasing redemption you know something you were created for revelation and when you hear from the father it lights you up your confidence goes to a whole new place you level up in the area of faith and so what is really evangelism i love to give different handles prophetic evangelism is an approach to sharing the good news of jesus specifically using prophetic tools and gifting providing by the holy spirit to those who were evangelizing. And the message that's delivered by prophetic evangelism almost always is God's way of directly challenging an individual. And here's the key, causing them to recognize that there is a definitive decision point in their life. And that's one of the things I really love about prophetic evangelism. Although I first kind of stumbled upon this term uh, earlier, some years earlier, when I wrote the first book on prophetic evangelism, a prophetic evangelism is really more of an ancient well than it is a new stream. So many people try to say it's a new new, it's new. No, no, no. Hey, the guy who wrote about half the New Testament, Apostle Paul, he was reached by a little known follower of the way at that time by the name of Ananias. And the guy got a prophetic evangelistic download where the Holy Spirit told him, hey, here in Acts 9, here is this Saul of Tarsus. This is what street he's on straight. Here's where you need to go. I've given him a dream, vision, and all these things. You see, it's right there in the book of Acts. Jesus did it with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. So many examples. You could even go back to the Old Testament, arguably Joseph when he interpreted dreams for Pharaoh or Daniel when he interpreted dreams for Nebuchadnezzar. Those were types, if you will, of prophetic evangelism. And prophetic evangelism really, it takes place when we're able to tune into the Holy Spirit. So that's what we want to help equip you in these next podcasts is help you to tune into the Holy Spirit so you can receive and declare God's heart and mind for someone so they're open to hear and receive messages of the gospel. And the Bible is clear and talks about uh, God's thought towards us are more numerous than sand on the seashore. This is found in Psalms 139, 17, and 18 that says, how precious are your thoughts towards me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, there would be more in number than the sand on the seashore, essentially. And so when you think about it, prophetic evangelism is simply grabbing one of those granules of sand. In other words, it's accessing the mind of Christ and handing out God's thoughts towards someone. And we're given God's thoughts all the time. In fact, we have a book full of them. It's called the Bible. Hello. And then the Bible says in Psalms 40 verse 5, it says, many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in number. Uh, he says, I suppose if I were to declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. And so I feel like sometimes we get a, a limited scarcity mentality when it comes to prophetic evangelism, like, oh man, God only has so many thoughts. He, he already gave them those thoughts. What's the use? No, no, no. Hey, back up. Wrong thinking. God has numerous thoughts for that person in front of you that you go to work with every single day. And when you are entering into this anointing of communion with the Holy Spirit, you're able to receive the voice and thoughts of the Father and give them to someone. And so I believe we're all called to be prophetic evangelists, whether we find ourselves in a mega church, massive stadium events, some street corner ministering to a homeless person or as missionaries 
in the jungle of the conga or at Starbucks ordering a skinny vanilla latte. Come on, somebody. The same Holy Spirit keeps speaking to you wherever you go. And he will link you with others. In other words, he'll direct you as Ananias in Acts 9 was directed to go to Saul of Tarsus. He will equip you and teach you to hear the voice of God, release revelation, walk in signs and wonders. And when that happens, people are going to be unable to deny that God is in action. That power, that love, and that unity will make him manifest to a lost world. Right now, folks, I'm super excited. I got Richie Seltzer. Richie, what's going on, man? Hey, man. So good to see you, Sean. Honored to be on here. Oh, bro, man. Chris and I, man, we are so fired up to have you on. Like I said, you're one of the truest evangelists that I know. We've got such great history. We've run together, done things together. Remember, we were up in Washington, did that huge outreach up in- Come on. It was up in Pullman, right? In Washington State. Yep. Brought in some professional athletes that love the Lord. You were open air, giving an altar call. You were baptizing people in portable dunk tanks. <laughs> Dude, Little cattle troughs. What, 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 what were they? Little cattle troughs. Man. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is you have a grace on your life to gather in the harvest. And you understand this thing called prophetic evangelism. I am releasing a brand new work on prophetic evangelism. And so this podcast dedicated to that, we wanted to pull you on. So first question, Richie, you ready for some questions, bro? Yeah, I'm ready. How did you come into prophetic evangelism? Oh, man, Sean, it was, uh, you know, I got I got radically saved when I was 18 years old. You know, I, I, I tell people I grew up in Virginia where you could throw a rock and hit three churches by accident. You know, churches <laughs> everywhere. And, uh, you know, it would be hard to grow up in Virginia and not know about Christ. Um, so I knew about Christ, but it's a big difference between knowing about Christ and actually knowing Christ. You know, and uh, the Bible says this is eternal life, that you would know the Father and the Son whom he sent. And we, and we know him by hearing his voice. You know, you can't know anyone without communication. And, you know, I didn't really know the Lord. And then, you know, when I got radically saved, I got saved through these radically saved black dudes, actually, because they 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 got saved. They picked me up in the morning blasting Kirk Franklin and wild gospel music, talking about Jesus said this and Jesus said that. So in a weird way, man, when they said Jesus said said this, I, I'm like, what do you mean Jesus said something to you? You know, and it intrigued my interest because I had, I, I knew about Christ, but I didn't know him like they did. And so the my first journey was that. And then I went to YWAM, Youth of the Mission, uh, on, after I got saved. And they give you a book called, Is That Really You, God? And it's all about hearing the voice of God. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning from this lady named Donna Jordan. You know, she said she would read Psalm 139, his thoughts for you are more than the sand on the seashore, you know, and uh, John 10, my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me and I know them. And so she said, just go listen to the Lord. Just go ask him for a few of his thoughts towards you and write them down. And so I'm doing that. I'm writing it down, you know, and I'm like, how do I know if I'm actually hearing God or not? You know, you know yeah. what? Christians, they might be nice to me here in this YWAM base, but the lost people, they ain't gonna be nice. You know, they're gonna tell me whether I'm right or wrong. And I went, I went to the streets uh, of Chico, California on the university. And I decided I'm gonna go up to some of these university students. And I'm gonna tell them, hey, listen, I'm a brand new Christian. I'm learning how to hear God. I don't get it right all the time, but his thoughts for you are more than the sand on the seashore. Would you mind if I just tell you what he's, what I hear him saying? And so they were like, I guess so. And I just started sharing and people just started weeping, Sean. I mean, weeping. Wow. How do you know all about my life and all this kind of stuff? And, um, you know, that started the journey. And not long after that, I'm down in um, close to Sacramento. I can't even remember where we were at, but I'm at 
this kind of like, it's like a parade or something. And they had invited this black evangelist and I'm handing out invitations to this open air crusade. And I saw your picture, Sean, on the, on the little invitation to come to this open air meeting. And I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, this is a divine appointment for you. I didn't even know what a divine appointment was. So I'm like, you know, all right. And I start handing out stuff. And across the street, the church had this like little booth at the parade. And across the street was a psychic tent. That's right. And I saw this young girl come into this psychic tent. And I'm thinking, man, she's spiritually hungry. She's she's searching for something, searching for the spirit. I said, God, I'm going to stand outside of that psychic tent and I'm going to wait for her to come out. And when she comes out, I'm going to tell her, listen, you know, you just experienced what they can do. But did you know that God created you and knows all about your life? His thoughts for you are more in the sand on the seashore. And I said, God, you better give me something good or she'll think they're better than you. And so I'm like sitting there listening to the Lord, waiting. And as I am, all of a sudden you came up and you tapped me on the shoulder. And you're like, what you doing here? I told you, you're like, no way, so am I. And we we hit it off, man. And uh, long story short, we had to leave and go to the uh, open air meeting before she came out. You're preaching the gospel of peace uh, that night and gave an invitation. And only two people, if I can remember right, got saved. And one of them was that girl. She had moseyed on in about how halfway through you started she got saved you started prophesying over her i started prophesying over her and you turn around after that and you pray for me and the power of god hit me when i got saved i ended up going to this baptist church i really know a whole lot about impartation and being you know slain in the spirit or you know falling down or whatever people want to call it and uh so when you prayed for me you start praying in tongues and the power of god hit me bang and i fell out you probably remember that. i fell out on the con like it was like gravel crush and, gravel, crush and run you know and my nice up. shirt you know and i'm thinking it happened so fast, Sean. I was like, man, did this guy trip me or something? Like, because I ain't know no better. I'm like, I'm going to get my feet. I'm going to get my feet right. I play football. I ain't going to do that again. And you were like, whoa, Brandon, you hear, you feel the spirit hit him. I'm like, and I felt God. That was the thing. I felt God like, like goosebumps, you know, like whatever. And um, you pray for me again. Bang, power guy hit me again. And you guys have put a chair behind me. And yep. I felt it. And I remember just feeling just waves of God's just love come over me. Come and, on. Uh, Sean, when I got up from that encounter, counter for six months straight. Uh, not No exaggeration for six months. Uh, from that time on, man, it was like a whole new world opened up. I would walk into gro- grocery stores, into like restaurants, and, and I would just get these like quick little videos. I would look at somebody, I get this quick flash video, and I would know all about their life. That and another thing would happen if I were to grab your hand and shake your hand, I would get like a download all about your life. And at that time for like six months, man, it was like I couldn't get it wrong. Almost everything I said was right. I started praying for people, power. You know, I started seeing miracles at that point. First person I saw was a guy that had a stroke. He was a Vietnam veteran. He had a stroke and the left side of his body wasn't working. I prayed for him. The dude got up off the bench, started walking. Normally his face came up. His speech got, uh, you know, healed. I started seeing power left and right, man. And that lasted for about six months. And then it lifted off after six months. And now it kind of a sovereign thing. It kind of comes and goes to that level. But but I can still operate in the gift, prophetic evangelism. Man, that is so profound. And there are a couple of things I thought was very interesting. You know, obviously in the way you got saved, you could tell the Lord was orientating you towards his voice. And yeah. you talked about, you know, when I got a chance to lay hands and Brandon, you know, by, obviously at Romans 1, I believe it is Paul said he longed to come to Rome that he may impart part of gift that a lot of times, particularly in the prophetic is more caught than taught. And so yeah. one of the things I recommend is to get some mentors in your life. And that's why I think
think this podcast is so key. But the other thing I think is very important in the early stages of a gift. Sometimes if I study people that have flown in the prophetic, there are various ways in which people become fluent. But one of the things you notice is God sovereignly put that gift on you, that that sovereignty on you was to stamp you in that gifting. So you'd begin to step out and continually do it. And then over a period of time, as you said it, it was it's a grace, the gifting still in place, the anointing still in place. But in the prophetic, there's often an ebb and a flow, kind of like when the ocean, it comes in, it goes out. When it goes out, you see junk on the beach. And I remember John Paul Jackson one time says, God will suspend gifting, meaning when I say suspend, that maybe you're not flowing in that highest level of grace. He says, God will suspend gifting to highlight character because it's during those times he wants to develop us in character. And man, that is, that's so important. Now, Richie, by your estimation, your take, how important is prophetic evangelism in modern culture right now? Oh man, I I say it's so important because people, they don't want to know a theory, especially I think uh, they did a survey all around the world, millennials and younger, and did this survey that, and put all these like value systems You know, I think maybe it might have been you that told me this. I can't remember how I heard this, but I researched it and and backed it up. It's true. And all these millennials and younger, they wanted to they want to know what their number one value was. And it was authenticity. They want to know that it's real. The thing about prophetic evangelism is you're demonstrating your personal relationship with God, which ultimately, you know, when we begin to talk about salvation and evangelism, I oftentimes will tell people, listen, the Bible says many will come to me in this day. This is Jesus. This is the red letters. Many will come to me in the last day of judgment and they'll say, Lord, Lord, they call him Lord. You know, they'll do even do miracles in his name, cast out devils in his name, but he'll say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Wow. And and like I was already mentioning in John 10, the way that we know God is by communication. I like to tell people your whole body is an ear. You know, True. you were created, you're hardwired to hear God's voice. You were created for relationship. It ain't just that he's speaking English or Spanish or Mandarin or whatever. No, no, no. He speaks in mystery. He speaks all, he speaks through creation. He speaks through visions, through internal impressions, so many different ways that God's speaking. But if we'll turn our ear, we were literally created to hear God and to seek him with our whole heart. And it isn't until we're connected, like intimately connected, where we move and have our being and live in him that we're actually saved. It ain't just because we said a prayer. It's that, man, we came alive. Boom. Something in us came alive through this humility of repentance, you know, and saying, you know what? I I don't want to live this life on my own. I want to follow the Lord. I want to, I want to know the Lord, you know? And uh, so when you do, back to your question, when you do prophetic evangelism, I think it's such an essential piece to really preach in the gospel. And it's an advantage that we have because the Holy Spirit knows everything about every person that you're ever going to meet. He knows their secrets. He knows knows their triggers. He knows what they've been through. And I like to tell people, I might not be the best evangelist, but my best friend is. You know, Mm. the Holy Spirit's the greatest evangelist, and he is our advantage. If we start taking advantage of our advantage that John 16, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do, I'll send you the Holy Spirit. You know, then we're going to see Jesus get his reward. We're going to see a lot of people get born again. <laughs> I love that. Hey, you said something so profound is that people are searching for an encounter, searching for an experience. And I feel like this whole previous COVID thing, you know, it's easier to share your faith in many respects. You know, one of the things I was thinking is people go, well, man, I don't know about this stuff about you trying to tell me about invisible God. I can't see him and that you have faith in this thing. And I'm like, hey, the whole world has faith in an invisible virus right now. It has changed and altered the course of everybody's life. You don't see that virus. That's the reason why people are even more alarmed. You can't see this terrorist, man, COVID-19. 
But people have faith that, man, hey, it's going to infect you. It's going to arrest your, your respiratory system and right. kill you. And so if you can have faith in an invisible virus, why would you have a problem with people that have faith in invisible God? And, and obviously there's so many things. And obviously this is not an apologetics podcast, but man, we could, we could bring so many proofs. But the truth is, is that people are asking the club to give them an experience. They're asking an illicit relationship to give them experience. They're asking that video game that's multiplayer operational to give them an experience. And you're right. If they come to our churches, man, and all we have is it kind of like we will continue with our regular programming. You know, it's like we've missed it. This past season wasn't about an interruption. An interruption means you're trying to get back to what you were taken from. But God didn't give us an interruption. He gave us a divine disruption. So we will go Holy Ghost. We have to see that the power that birthed the church is the power and, and gather the harvest is, is the case now. And they, they've been trained for the supernatural in this generation. They've been weaned on it, on everything imaginable from their Saturday morning cartoons to the movie trailers, to the books they read, to, you know, everything has gone that direction. And how much more, as you said, when we share about a God and then heighten all that with the fact of how disconnected people feel. And one of the things that words of knowledge do, that first component in prophetic evangelism, is it causes people to feel seen and feel known. Now, Richie, give me an example where prophetic evangelism where God gave you something to someone and you were able to to share that with a, a person that didn't know the Lord. Well, I remember one time, Sean, I was walking down the street with a friend of mine and I oftentimes would tell people, you know, about the core value of joy. You know, uh, if you're intentional, intentionally joyful on purpose. And so I was just doing that that day. I walked by this dude and I was smiling at him and I said, hey, man, have a good day. Jesus loves you. He was with his fiance or something. And they were like gothic looking, you know, had the black and white makeup on, you know, heavy metal kind of shirt stuff kind of thing. And they just looked depressed, like their countenance looked depressed. And oftentimes we'll tell people, you know, sometimes if you can see a person's countenance is down and you realize that your assignment is actually to release the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. And sometimes as soon as you see a person's countenance down, that's your first sign to look to see what God is doing in their life. How I can I that. be an encouragement? You know, say so that a, again. It's a, nat- it's a natural thing that you can see. I, I might be grocery store shopping and I at the checkout line and I see, you know, the clerk and I see her countenance down. Immediately, I know that's my assignment. Why? Because my assignment is to go make disciples and to release the kingdom. So good. And oh. so I'm going to release joy somehow. So I'm looking at this person created in the image of God and I'm looking with the intention of asking the Lord, how can I be an encouragement? How can I release joy? How can I spark their heart? heart to hear your voice? How can I partner with the word that's going to cause something in them to come alive? Can I see, and I often will do this in a split second, can I see what did you die for this person? What were you thinking when you were on the cross and why they're yet still sinners? What did you see in this person worth dying for? Because if I could see it, I could speak to it. And so in this particular person, I walked by him. I just said, hey, have a good day. Jesus loves you. I won't see nothing, feeling anything. I just saw their countenance was down. These this couple kind of like snarled at me like, what are you doing? You know, who do you think you are? You know, telling me, you know, have a good day. Jesus, love me kind of thing. And most of the time I just shake it off. You know, I'm taking personally, you know, people only walk in the light that they have and people need to not be so concerned about what other people think, you know? Hey. So most of the time I just kind of shake it off and keep going, you know, but this something, something pricked my heart, Sean, this is the prophetic side. So many people think the prophetic advantage is just word of knowledge, but sometimes it's that slight little 
little irritation in your heart, you know? And in that moment, I'm walking by these people and like the Holy Spirit just kind of was irritated on the inside. And I turn around and I just boldly stepped into it. I ain't had nothing at that point except for that like little irritation. I boldly stepped in. I said, hey, look at me. You know, I turn around. Hey, look at me. And um, these people kind of like shocked, turned around, looked at me like, who's this person yelling at me like that? And at this point, <laughs> I like to tell people, I have now crossed the chicken line. I've now gone to the point of no return. And this is important for those who really want to grow in prophetic evangelism. You got to put yourself in a position to where if God doesn't show up, it ain't going to turn out very good. You know, like so So many times people want God to give them all the information at once. But oftentimes that happens when you just step out with what God gave you. And in that moment, it was just, I was kind of like irritated. I was a little bit disturbed, you know, to figure out why this person did that. And I put myself in that position. In that moment, my lower back had a sharp pain in it. That's perfect advance. It's a word of knowledge. And I, I knew it. that God wanted to heal their back. And I said, why, why you had to look at me like that and snarl at me like that? All I said was Jesus loves you. And matter of fact, Jesus wants to heal your lower back right now. And the dude shocked, looked at me like, how'd you know I broke my back at work? I said, I didn't know you broke your back at work. I just know Jesus. And he told me he wants to heal it right now. Watch this. And I just put my hand forward and the guy grabbed my hand. And when he grabbed my hand, I just said a simple prayer. And when I said that simple Simple prayer. The power of God hit that dude and he fell out in the concrete Wow! right there on the street. Long story short, that dude gets radically healed. His back gets healed. Him and his wife get saved. After he gets saved, I had him pray for his wife. Her deaf ear opens up. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, start speaking in tongues on the street, bro. And they're weeping. And they're like, we're so sorry that we snarled at you. But, you know, we were on our way to commit suicide today. No, we want to hear nothing about that. You know, Jesus loved you kind of stuff. You know, we we knew about Jesus, but this Jesus you you talk about is different than the Jehovah Witness Jesus. <laughs> wow. So, hey man, let me let me jump in right there because think about that. Man, there are people listening. And sometimes I don't know if we realize, Richie, that it really is life or death. You know, I love you. You gave some specific principles I think are so key. You said you look for people whose countenance is down. It's interesting in Genesis, God saw Cain. He said, Why is your countenance fallen, Cain? If you do not do well. Will, will you not be lifted up? Will your life not turn around? You'll be blessed. And so I've never heard anyone share that. And here you're picking up on something so strong. And the fact that you were irritated, I think it's in Acts, I want to say 16, where Paul saw the girl with the spirit of divination. Yeah. And it says he was provoked in a yeah. spirit. He was irritated. And yet it led to her deliverance. And so you picked up on the countenance thing. And because of that, you entered in with, hey, Jesus loves you. They snarl and then your spirit is provoked and it leads to them getting healed. So you've got a word of knowledge. You operate in the gift of healing. All of a sudden he's saved. You have him pray for her deaf ear. She's healed. They're both saved, both baptized in the Holy Ghost. And this happens on a street corner. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, we're just oh, walking down the street. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, let me ask you this, Richie, because I know there's some people. What if you don't have a prophetic word? You don't have a leading. You're not getting a word of knowledge. You're not getting their social security number, zip code, you know, email address. What are some evangelistic approaches? Because what I love about you, bro, is that you'll lead people to the Lord without a word of knowledge. There's certain people sitting back and feeling like, okay, if I don't get this super heavy revelation, I can't share the gospel. And you are prophetic. These people who are listening are prophetic. So you're you're going to be a prophetic evangelism no matter what. And most prophetic thing on the planet is Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom. But what would you say to someone and say, hey, I don't have a prophetic word. What are some approaches or openings or how can I share 
Christ with someone? What would you say, Richie? Yeah, man. I'm glad you asked that question as well. I think this is a good segue because I wanted to go back to something um, just for your listeners. You know, some people might have heard that testimony where Sean prayed for me and I, and I had an impartation. And think that you got to wait until you get that impartation or that crazy encounter in order to step out. And, and I would encourage people, yeah, get hungry for God to touch you in a significant way like that. You know, go go be around fathers. Go go to a Randy Clark conference and get it, you know, impartation or go find where Sean's going to preach at and let him lay his hands on you and go seek that kind of seek it, you know, because yet that's hungry. The Bible says lust after the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy, you know, and so that's important. But I will say this. I always tell people that God is a good investor. And if you're faithful with what he gives you, he'll give you the more. You know, the reason I met Sean that day is because I was being faithful with what God had given me. You know, I just, you know, when I first got saved, those guys that were just on fire for God, they inspired me. I prayed in my pickup truck and I got saved and I went to a Baptist church. Now, I ain't know nothing except for how to buy a cheeseburger, share John 316 in my testimony. And I was sharing the gospel everywhere. Somebody taught me Romans Road, you know, like the Baptists and, you know, the Billy Graham Romans Road for all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. And, and the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And I memorized that in the parking lot, went in Walmart, open air preached in Walmart, the Romans Road, you know, but I was being faithful with what I had. And then obviously YWAM taught me how to hear God's voice and I'm being faithful with what I have. And so I want to encourage the listeners, you have something to give. You have a testimony of Jesus Christ. He saved your life. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So good. And so when you don't think you have anything to give, you always have something to give. You have your living testimony with God, not just how you got saved back then, but like how we provided for you last week, how how, how you woke up with peace, how you have a, a peace that's not circumstantial, how you have a joy that's not shakable. You know, like these are your living testimonies. And uh, so I want to encourage the listeners that you always have something to give. Yeah, first of all, you can share your testimony. And then second, you always have the gospel. The Apostle Paul, I shall not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Come on, Richie. And so show yourself approved. Look through the scriptures. What is salvation? How can I preach the gospel? How can I tell my testimony of how God provided for me. You might see somebody and they look stressed out or you might pick it up prophetically. They look stressed out about finances. Maybe you just know it for a practical reason. So now you're going to share your story about how God has provided for you because you're ready to share that. And now you're going to bridge that over to not only did he provide for me, but he'll provide for you as well because he's your heavenly father. And you start preaching from that place of him being a provider and a father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. The Bible says in Colossians 1 that God is invisible and that his invisible attributes are clearly seen in the person of Jesus. You have a heavenly father who cares for you and wants to provide for you. You don't have to be stressed out about how you're going to pay your bills next week. You can have a peace that's not circumstantial. Matter of fact, Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as this world gives you, but my peace. His peace is his presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right now, the Holy Spirit is here with us right now, and he's knocking on the door of your heart right now. If you can hear his voice, if you know that God is touching your heart and you believe what I'm saying to be true, that God loves you. When I just say that, God loves you, that he died for you on the cross. Come on, man. He's resurrected from the dead. If you believe that in your heart, you can open up your heart right now. You just got to have the humility because God resists the proud, 
and he gives grace to the humble. You just got to have humility and open up your heart. Would you like to open up your heart right now? And so like, that's just a, a practical example that, bro. of how you, you just preach the gospel. And it, and it's, yeah, it, it might not be like, hey, I got a crazy word of knowledge, but you're still being prophetic in the way that you're sharing the gospel. Man, Richie, what you've shared is gold, bro. Powerful. <laughs> hey, tell our listeners, we've got some people in quite a few nations and all around the United States that are listening in, how can they follow you, get involved in a project, even maybe even some people that say, hey, I want to bring Richie out, man. How can people get in contact with you, bro? Yeah, I got a website. You can you can go to revivalistculture.com. Also, richieseltzer.com will get you same same place. So it's R-I-C-H-I-E Seltzer S-E-L-T-Z-E-R.com. That'll take you to my website. You'll see my my email. Reach out to us on the email. You can invite us out. You can um, get involved with partnering for us. We're going after stadiums. Yes. And uh, we're looking for partners to help us do that. So we're going to go do a stadium in D.C., hoping, praying, uh, going towards maybe even 2022. Uh, but definitely 2023. That's that's our hope. That's our plan. And we're doing a stadium in Houston. And so we do the the, you know, the micro evangelism, the one to one evangelism and the macro. We want to I believe in both. You know, I want to do the mass harvest of Billy Graham type crusades and uh, we partner with professional athletes and entertainers. Maybe uh, there's a professional athlete or an entertainer that's listening to this podcast. We want to partner with you because one day we're all going to stand before God and give an account for the influence that he's given to us. There's not a greater way to use your influence than to use it to see souls saved. So we partner with professional athletes and entertainers to do that. Come on, man. Hey, Richie, this is so awesome. I almost want to call you Richie Billy Graham Seltzer, man. You got that, <laughs> you got that clear presentation of the gospel, man. Sure love you. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks. Love you, Richie. Love you, man. Wow. Was that powerful? What, man? I love Richie Seltzer. Hey, right now, Keep It 100 Tribe, as always, we are going to move on to the Keep It 100 Takeaways. In this episode, I'm going to give you five motivations to step out into prophetic evangelism right now. Number one, in a you-define-your-own-reality world, we need a divine touchstone of true reality. In other words, we live in a time right now where people are defining their own reality. They're trying to tell you it's my truth, it's their truth, this guy's truth, that person's truth. It's a very subjective world. But when you use prophetic evangelism, you allow that seeker to be touched by the ultimate touchstone, the chief cornerstone, Jesus. And all of a sudden, they're given a due north because his reality interrupts their false reality. His true narrative interrupts their false narrative. God gives the meta narrative that can rescue you from the sub narrative of suicide, drug addiction, heartache, put up for adoption, whatever the situation that people have come up in, a rejection of a loved one. And so in a world where people have their own kind of subjective reality, the bottom line is, is that it causes heaven and Jesus to become incredibly real to them. Number two, we live in a supernaturally craved and transcendent crazed age where we got to release what is eternal. Isaiah 8 and 18, Isaiah the prophet says, here I am and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. Now stop right there. God created them to crave the supernatural. You are spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body, but you are a spirit. At the end of the day, you must drink deeply from that well 
that is spiritual. And so must the person in front of you. And so when we witness in a way that is not just, as Paul said, wise and persuasive words, but we add in a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power. And all of a sudden that happens in prophetic evangelism. The curiosity of that average person today, it seems it's an all time high for the supernatural. And so when you're able to bring a drink from that well, like Jesus said, you first of all, if you knew who it was who stood in front of you, they asked you for a drink. And if you drink from the water I'm telling you about, you'll never thirst again. God is able to quench that supernatural thirst. So number two, we do live in that supernaturally craved world all the more. We want to flow in prophetic evangelism. Number three, you will intentionally draw near to Jesus. And by sharing his heart, you will exponentially grow in your intimacy with God. So here's a motivation why it will benefit you. In order to flow in prophetic evangelism, right, the secret place is the training place for the marketplace. Your quiet time alone with God is where you strengthen to release that outward ministry to others. And so if you're going to be a prophetic evangelism, it's going to cause you to draw near to God. Jesus said in John 5, 19 and 20, he said, the son could do nothing of himself, but only that which he sees the father do and that which the father does, the son does likewise. And so as you're drawing near to God, because you're, you're wanting to be that person that can be a mediator between God and man, it's putting you in a place where you become that vessel that God flows through. And in, in handling his heart and sharing his heart, you benefit from it because you're going to exponentially grow in intimacy. Number four, the fourth motivation to step out into prophetic evangelism right now is by stepping out in your gifting, you will catalyze other giftings, mantles, and anointings to complete your destiny. You see, as you get in this place where you're put in a position where you have to continually develop this, what I call spiritual muscle memory, because you're continually stirring up your gifts, stirring up your gifts. I'm walking through the mall. I'm going to stir up my gifts. I'm at the Starbucks stirring up my gifts. Whatever that happens is as I'm stepping out in that gift, I'm strengthening that gift. I'm growing in faith, but it will also help me grow into other areas. So I began really early on by just stepping out and praying for the sick and wasn't really seeing great results. And all of a sudden, the Lord started giving me words of knowledge. And as he gave me words of knowledge, as I followed those words of knowledge, I started seeing a greater healing anointing as I would obey the voice of the Lord. So by stepping out more and more in words of knowledge, it actually grew uh, the healing anointing in my life. And that's exactly what will happen to you. Just step out and just cross the chicken line. Right now, I just dare you. Just cross the chicken line. So many times we're asking God to do a miracle, but we won't put ourselves in position where a miracle is what is needed. And that is what is going to develop that spiritual muscle memory. Number five, fifth reason and final reason as to it's a motivation as to why you should step into prophetic evangelism right now is it tends to be less overtly confrontational, which by the way, I find that turns people off when it's confrontational. And prophetic evangelism is actually more organic and it produces a divine convergence, which actually turns someone on. What I mean by that is this, if you don't have a word of the Lord, you're, you're trying to bash them for their sin. That's confrontational. Not saying sometimes or many times the issue of their sin won't come up, but it's funny how, how often Jesus didn't really initially deal with their sin. He initially dealt with their destiny, their heart. And then at the end, he definitely dealt with sin. So I'm not saying you don't deal with people's sin. You have to, you have to repent. Without it, 
you can enter or see the kingdom of God. But the divine convergence takes place because you've heard the voice of God and as you release what God is saying to you. For instance, you have a person in front of you. This actually happened to me. There was a girl who was at a Subway sandwich shop. I, the Lord began to speak to me that she was a cutter. Now, she had long sleeve uh, kind of hoodie on and she was wrapping it up in her hand. So there's no way I could see that in natural. But it's like I saw a picture of that. Now, I could have just said to her, whatever about Jesus. I doubt that she would have given me the time of day. But when I mentioned to her, hey, you don't have to harm yourself. You know, there's one here that will, can help you, Jesus, and he can turn everything around. And she, her eyes filled with tears. Well, what happened is it produced a divine convergence and opened up her heart. Because what happens is, is the Holy Spirit knows the inner makeup of people much better than you and I do, and he holds the keys to their heart. Thus, prophetic evangelism is the game changer. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends, and be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out, share this link on your social media platforms, and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you, so be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss next episode as we continue this dialogue on prophetic evangelism. Can I get a witness? And we have a incredible guest on our next episode, Jesse Green. You do not want to miss her. She and her husband were baptizing literally total thousands of people in the Pacific Ocean. God is using her mightily. You want to hear from this amazing woman. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it